Welcome to the Renew Life Church podcast. No matter what situation we find ourselves facing, we know that God wants to speak clearly to us. So wherever you're listening from today, we want to thank you for being here. Grab a cup of coffee and join us as we tune in to our Sunday conversation. I want to kind of kick off and, and kind of pick back up where we started last week and continue this talk that we're having about living for God. If you've been in church for some time, you've heard someone say, man, you, you need to live for God. Brother, you need to live for God. But what does that actually mean? What does it actually mean to live for God? What do you think about when you hear that phrase, live for God? In fact, let me just do a little experiment live here with you. I want to ask you this question. Did you live for God this week? Did you live for God? Chances are, right now, you know what you're thinking about? You're thinking about your sin. When someone says live for God, you know the first thing that comes to our mind? It's our sin. The first thing that comes to our mind is the mistakes that we made this week. The first thing that comes to our mind is all the ways that we messed up or still didn't get better in this one area. Because uh, truth be told, many believers think living for God is simply this, not sinning. In fact, some of you may even came to church today. (laughs) I've done this plenty of times. Some of y'all came to church today because you were so bad this week. Anybody relate to that? It's like, man, I, I stacked up. The, the strikes in the bad column. I, I need one big good strike over in the good column. I got to go to church today. I just got to get my butt in that seat. I hope I don't burn up when I walk in. Anybody? These are, these are like church phrases that we use because the truth is many of us, we think this way. We have a mistake mindset. We wake up every day, and when it comes to living for God, we're going to try our best and do our best not to mess up. And can I just say, living for God is so much more than you not sinning. Living for God looks like so much more than you fixing your mistakes and you not messing up and you you, you only messing up 10 times instead of 20 times this week. Living for God looks like way more than that. Living for God looks like you laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. Living for God looks like you leading someone in your neighborhood or in your workplace to Jesus. Living for God looks like you encouraging someone with a prophetic word because God speaks to you and you risk it by faith and you put yourself out there and you say something to that person God is leading you to. I want us to get to the point whenever I say, did you live for God this week? You're thinking about all the things that you did in the kingdom and in light and went for it and risked it. Then all the ways that you messed up. Jesus freed us. He freed you from this mindset and this approach to life where we got to get it all right. Come on, somebody. Are you happy this morning? You don't have to perform for him today. You don't have to perform for him. He performed the one act that got you covered the moment you believed in him. See, the truth is, if many of us are are living this way, we're living this way, just performing, trying not to mess up. The Bible talks about this, and Paul calls it the law. We're living by the letter of the law. In other words, the way that old believers used to live, they had to get everything right. And look at what he says in Romans chapter 7, verse 6, just to get you in on what the 
the Bible says about this. It says, but now, come on, say now. Now we have been released from the law. In other words, we've been released from this life of trying to prove it, of trying to earn it, of trying not to mess up. We've been released from the law for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. He's talking about you as a believer. The moment you believed in Jesus, did you know that you didn't just die to sin? You died to a performance mindset. You died to this law. You died to this way of living where you had to to be perfect. And this is what he says. Now we can serve God. Not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Today I want to talk to you about what it really looks like to live in the spirit. Last week we talked about all the other stuff. Now where do we go from here? It says for us to live in the spirit, but what does that really look like? What does that really mean? Well, thanks for asking. I happen to have the notes on that. So Galatians chapter three, let's pick up in verse two. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. <clears throat> this is Paul talking to believers. He's talking to the, the church of Galatia. He says this, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Verse 3, how foolish can you be? I love how Paul talks like this. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, say that's me, The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Today, I want to title the message, Because You Believed. Because You Believed. Will you pray with me? Lord, we just, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We say we have good hearts this morning. We have hearts that are open. We have fertile soil in those hearts, which means when that word hits, we're going to do something with it. We're going to believe it. We're going to grab hold of it. And so we say today, word speak. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Lead us. Guide us into all your truth today. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Um, How many of you have some good cooks in your family? Anybody have some good cooks? If you're a good cook in your family, raise your hand. Don't be shy. Yeah, yeah. He did say be humble, but whatever. I'm just, no, I'll set you up on that one. I am not one of the good cooks in my family. Um, I can cook, cook eggs. I can cook them three different ways, though, (laughs) y'all. Yep, that's about all I can do. But the good cooks in my family are obviously my wife and her mom, my mother-in-law. They are 
They are phenomenal cooks. But the truth is, the thing about them is they don't just believe they're, they're cooks. They believe they're scientists. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, they're the type of uh, people when they cook, they'll be cooking something and they just start adding stuff that's not in the recipe. They just start putting stuff in because it, it sounds good. And there's been so many times where they've made something and it's been absolutely perfect. I mean, just blew the socks off of everybody that was eating it. It was amazing. And then they go to fix it again. And for some reason, they think they got to put something else in it. They think they got to jazz it up. I'm going to put a little bit more lime in this. Oh, what if we add coconut to this thing? And I'm like, no, stop doing that. So I remember one time Natalie made, she made some lasagna soup. Lasagna soup. Come on, somebody. It was so good. And I knew this about her. And I said, babe, I was like, listen, I want you to cook this lasagna soup this way for the rest of our lives. Don't change it. Don't use extra tomatoes. Don't put more red pepper in it. Do not change it. In fact, right now, get up, please. It sounds really bad. Will you just write down everything you did? Because it's absolutely perfect. And then we had lasagna soup the second time. And she just had to change it up. She just had to add something. She just had to do something different. And was it good? Yeah, it was really good. But it, you didn't need to mess with it. It was already perfect. You know, we do this as Christians a lot. When it comes to our relationship with God, did you know that it started out perfect? Did you know that it started out by grace, through faith, not by your own works, but by the work that he did? But you know what we do as believers? As we go along in our journey, as we get deeper into him, we start to add something else to the mix called our works. We start to add something else to the mix called our effort, called our trying, trying a little bit harder. You see, Jesus, I know you did all this for me and it was perfect, but I've sinned since then. I don't feel close, as close as I did before. And our very first reaction, in our very first thought is to go to working on ourselves and trying to earn it and trying to get back into good graces with God. And can I just say, it was already made perfect. Your relationship with him is already perfect. Does that mean you, you, you don't have to grow? No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying in your relationship with him, if you're throwing in a little bit of, who's that guy that, that's what I just keep picturing, the, whatever that guy is, does the salt thing. Yeah, he's kind of weird. Anyway, don't be doing that. Don't be doing that. Remember what it was like when you didn't have him. Remember how you didn't earn it to begin with. Remember the day that you solely had to put all of your trust and your dependence onto him. And he came to you and said, I'll accept that. I'll accept you right where you are at, right in the sin that you are still dealing with, right with the things that you got going on in your life, right in the middle of you thinking you're a mess up. I receive you now. In the moment he received you and you received him, here's what he said. You became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Our works do not make us more righteous. Come on, I know you know this, but you need to let it sink into your heart. Your works do not make you more righteous. 
Your works do not make him love you any more than he already loves you. (laughs) The truth is, our works aren't good enough. That's the whole point. Isn't it crazy that we think that our works would actually be good enough to get God? And yet we live this way day in and day out. And here's what the Bible says about that way of living. Here's what the Bible says about that way of thinking. Here's what the Bible says about that approach. Galatians 3.3 said, How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? I want you to notice today, notice where you started out. Where did we start out our new lives? We started our new lives out in the spirit. Some of y'all just need to realize where you started from. Some of you need to realize where he placed you and where he put you from the beginning. Hey, just, just raise your hand if you're further along than when you first received Jesus. He accepted you when you were worse. You're better now. (laughs) We started this life out in the spirit. So what does it mean to really live like that? What does it mean to live this life in the new covenant, in grace, in spirit? Well, if you go back and you read this, This portion of scripture, again, Paul, he makes it really, really clear. He used the word, he used the words believe and faith multiple times in this scripture because he was wanting you to get the truth, get the fact that it's actually all about your belief. It's actually all about your faith. In other words, it's really, really simple. Living in the spirit, living by grace is living by faith. He said, hey, Galatians, he's like, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit because you obeyed the law? No, you you received the Holy Spirit because you believed. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit and begin to work miracles because you were so good? I, I, I I was reading it this week. I just, for some reason, I just heard a Texas accent. Like, you get that old Holy Spirit because you were so good? Nah, you didn't do that. It's because you believed, man. What about all damn miracles y'all been doing in your church? <laughs> did you, did you? Come on now, you need to, you need to understand it's not because your works, it's because your belief. I don't know why I heard it that way, but I felt like it landed better as I said it in that accent. <laughs> all right. I just feel like I need someone to take out a can and just start. Okay, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> well, you said I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. <laughs> Woo. We'll talk about that later. Okay. <clears throat> but he's trying to get them to understand. Hey, just so you know, these miracles that have been happening in your church, they happen because you believed. Hey, just so you know, the Holy Spirit that's been changing you from the inside out, it happened, you got him, you freely received him because you believed. 
And let me just say, your new life in the spirit, your walk with God, your journey with God is so much more about believing than your works. It's so much more about your believing than your effort, than your discipline, than your good deeds, your life in the spirit. You want to know how to live life in the spirit? You live it by believing. You live it with a total dependence upon the Holy Spirit. He tried to get them to get the idea, look, you started your life out in the spirit. You're supposed to live for God and serve God in the spirit. You know what that means? It means that you're talking to the God on the inside of you. It means like you're actually believing that he placed the spirit of God. One part of the Holy Trinity lives in us. Come on. And he's saying, tune into him, listen to him, follow him. And when he speaks, live it by faith. And when he says go, go by faith. And when he says do, do by faith. Not to earn it, not to deserve it, but because you're living out of a relationship with him. I don't wake up looking for what I can do for God. We should wake up listening for what we should do for him. So I'm tuning in to him. He wanted this because he wanted relationship. I just was blown away this week as I was thinking about this. Like, you have to realize, you know, he really, really likes us. So much so that he created us and he decided to walk with us. And I don't know if you ever had this thought, but it's like, God, you know about angels, right? Like, you want to be with us, but they got like wings and stuff. They can fly. They like got glowing auroras around them. (laughs) That's the right word. Like the angels seem so much more cool than human beings. And yet God says, I want to be with them. I want to walk with them. He really, really, really likes us. And he created a way to be close to us. And it was through his son, Jesus. He said, I know what I'll do. I'll send Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice so that all who call on him, all who believe in him will become sons and daughters of the most high God. Just wrecked and, 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 and done away with all their blemishes. They will be blameless. They will be pure. They will be made holy in my sight, forgiven, righteous, and I can walk really, 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 really close to them. You know, the truth is, many of us act like our actions get us closer to God, when the truth is, when we're closer to God, our actions follow. It's the exact opposite. Our actions don't get us closer to God. We are already close to God, and our actions follow. We're not trying to be righteous. We're made righteous. Can I just tell you, the more that you actually believe that is the more you'll actually begin to live it out. You say, really, really? Come on, you've you've lived this life of trying to be righteous. Anybody ever try to live that life? Come on, raise your hand, because I know there's people, I do do it. Oh, you've tried to live righteous, and I just got to ask you, how's that working out for you? (laughs) Front row, it sucks. (laughs) Right? It doesn't work. I'll tell you what does work. Lord, today I thank you that I've been made right in your side. 
in your sight. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God, I thank you. You've given me the Holy Spirit to produce fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I know I don't have self-control, but I do in you. I know I have no peace, but I have Jesus. I know I can't love that person I should love, but I've got the Holy Spirit in me. Holy Spirit works through me, love through me. When you begin to believe that, some of you believe right now, some of you guys believe that you actually can't ever get a hold of this anger problem that you have. You, get, you, you, you believe you actually can't be a self-controlled man. That is a lie. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And there is a fruit that he produces called self-control. The more you begin to believe you'll, you can actually be self-controlled is the more you'll actually begin to act it out. The Lord shared this with me, and it, is, it just it changed, it kind of wrecked me. He said the gap between our identity and our actions is believing, not discipline. Let me, let me unpack that. Many of us, we know who we are in Christ. We know we're sons. We know we're daughters. We know that he's made us powerful. Most of us know, and we, were, we, we try to live that out. But truth be told, there is a, there is a gap between who he says we are, and the way that we act. Oh, the preacher keeps telling me I'm righteous, but he ain't in my car Monday through Friday. Oh, the preacher keeps saying I'm forgiven and I'm pure and I'm holy. Not just the preacher, the Bible. Thank, thank goodness, I'm not, I'm not, this is not me saying this. This is what the word says. He used this word like holy. But what, how am I holy and I act this way? And here's what we do. To try and fill that gap, we think more discipline, more effort. And God said the gap between who he made you to be and your actions is actually your believing. It's your believing. You grab a hold of this belief. You grab a hold of who you really are. That's when you start to change. You know, I was reminded of it being September 11th and, and the, the great tragedy on our nation and, and what these people from another religion did. You know what I got to say about that? It's like they, they actually, they went to the point of death for their religion, for the God that they serve. Like, I don't care what you say, they're a human being. They, they went all the way to death. That's a huge commitment. There's no way that you do that because you're disciplined enough. You want to know why you can do something like that? Because of your belief. They believed in what they were doing. I know it's a negative example, but it shows you the power of believing. It shows you the power of what faith can do. It matters what you believe. Oh my gosh, it matters so much what you believe about yourself. When, he, when, when Braden gets up here and says, these people have a, a condition that, that there's nothing else that can happen that they can do, and you begin to stretch out your hands, it really matters if you believe the words that are coming your mouth out of your mouth are gonna make a difference. It matters what you believe. And can I just say, the way that you begin to live out this life, the way that you begin to live out this new covenant in Jesus, it's all about your belief. Hear me today, you live in the kingdom the same way you started out in the kingdom. 
You want to know how you live in the kingdom? The same way you started out. It's by grace through faith. How do you do it? How are miracles breaking out in this church? We believe in Jesus. How are you walking so pure? I believe in Jesus. How are you doing what you're doing? I'm depending on Jesus. My faith is in him. I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I can be who he says I can be. I can speak and things change. I can talk to storms and they subside. Man, you're crazy. Yeah, I know. He told me to be. Jesus kept saying this to his disciples. Why didn't you speak to the storm? Why don't you feed them? He sent them out. Uh, he sent them out two by two. He didn't send himself out. He said, you boys got it. Go on. May need a little help, so I'm going to give you someone else, but go. Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and not sin. He said, go into the world and make disciples. He did not talk to about uh, all, all our relationship is not centered around all the things we're not supposed to do. He said, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Oh, by the way, here's a gift of encouragement I'm going to put on your life. Here's a gift of leadership I'm going to put on your life. Here, here's this, here's kindness, here's servanthood. Here, why did he give us those gifts? Well, I'm just, good news for you. He didn't give you the gift of encouragement so you could encourage yourself. He gave you the gift of encouragement so you could encourage others. Do something for him. Not out of earning it, not trying to get in good graces with him, but you're literally inspired by who he has made you to be. And out of your faith come good works. Is this making any sense today? Come on, this is a new way of living. This is the life that he's called you to. This is, this is the way that he's made you. He's made you to live this way. Some of you are thinking right now, how do I live by the spirit when I can't hear him? Start believing you hear him. You hear the Holy Spirit. Come on, do we believe that when we were saved that he actually did what he said he did? Some of us need to grab a hold of that moment. We need to go back to the day we gave our life to Jesus and we need to say, hey, I didn't know this then, but I know it now. And you made me a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. I've been created anew in Christ Jesus. I am God's masterpiece, created to do the good works he set out before me. Oh, I was convicted three months ago. I was given, given altar calls in this church. And, and, and honestly, on the inside, it was like I was, given, I was given an excuse. Yeah, you got saved and you may, you may, you know, you may struggle with sin still and, and that's okay and blah, blah. And it's like, I just felt the Holy Spirit. Do you not realize that I transform people when they get saved? He gives you a new heart. He makes you a brand new person when you believe in him. There's something supernatural and spiritual that happens whenever you give your life to him. He changes you. And then he not only changes you, oh, it's just like he, just like he did with the disciples. Send them out two by two. He makes you a new person, 
and then gives you the Holy Spirit to come alongside you. Just to make sure, just to remind you. How do we know that we're children of God? Because of the Spirit that dwells in us. Thanks for tuning in today. You can stay connected with Renew Life Church by following us on Facebook or Instagram or by visiting our website at www.renewlifechurch.com. We love you and hope you feel encouraged from this message today.